Aloha. He used to come to the bug, didn't he? Her upper lip never moved while she talked. Welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Episode 336 of the show. Thank you for joining us. If you have not checked it out, last week we reviewed the 1986 Major League Baseball Classic Major League with special guests Jason Stewart and Travis Rogers and Jason Stewart. We're gonna have to review this in a second. Uh, he made a fucking he stopped the show dead as he does always time with a completely nonsensical joke. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen and explain what he was talking about to me. Um, also, if you are not signed up, please get on it and and join our Red Circle page. Just go to my Twitter. There's a link pinned to my Twitter, or go to the website theballerlifestyle.com there's a link pinned to the top of that as well and somebody's really into trying to sell me lifestyle.com um, apparently lifestyle oh no might be lifestyle podcast is for sale and it's I'm inundated with emails trying to sell me that and I'm not interested guys I don't care I don't want lifestylepodcast.com um, I am joined now as I am every week by Mr. Ed Daly he's written a book Heroes and Jerks, it's available on Amazon. Ed, what's up? Um, not a whole lot, but we did forget the loudcomers. Uh, a key the, a, for Major League. And uh, we had a little text exchange. I, I was just looking at it. Yeah, well, hold on. Um, Who's that loudcomer? Listener of the show suggestion, Toe Cutter. Every time we do a movie review, he would like us to rate the loudest comer as a character in the movie. And we forget nearly every week. Last week we did Major League and then we texted about it afterward. Ed was like, we you forgot. Know, Travis, to- Travis. Yes. <laughs> so I texted and said, hey, we forgot. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, I just thought of that. And then uh, Travis goes, I hate this topic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's clearly Serrano. Yeah. It's a good candidate. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I personally, just watching the slow motion of him making his way to first after yeah. the bunt. Yeah. I think Baron Jake, what was his last name? Taylor. Berger. Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor. Tom Berenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he's the one. From the way he goes down first base and he's like, oh. Yeah. And like collapses. I yeah. just think he's going to be that kind of guy. Well, like all ball players, also, he needs it. So he's like down there um, slamming chicks south of the border in the Mexican League. Like he's not a, neither of those guys. Serrano, you know, he's Latin. Uh, Jake Taylor, ball player, like very, very good choices. Personally, I like Rachel Phelps, the team owner, to be the loudcomer because think about it. 
she's a showgirl that inherited the team from her. She was widowed from her dead husband. So we got an Anna Nicole, Jay Pierce, Morgan. Like she, had to, she had to land the big Marlin. Right. She had, yes. She had to perform. Yes, she's a sh- to be that rich guy's wife. Ed, she's a showgirl, and you and you know it couldn't have been that fun to sex some dying old man. So she had to perform. So Rachel Phelps is for sure a very loud fake comer. So that that could be there could be an asterisk there, like because oh. she probably never actually orgasmed him with with the old guy, but she could pretend very well. So she would be a very loud performative comer. And I just thought of another movie we could put on the list is she's the aunt in Secret of My Success. Oh, yeah. Classic. That sexes up uh, Michael J. Fox. Put it, put it on the list. We're going to we've decided to do our first Fast and the Furious next week. So for all you Fast and the Furious fans out there, we'll be doing we'll be reviewing Fast Five. Yeah, it's on HBO because it's on HBO. So that's pretty exciting. Um, uh, I got it. <laughs> I gotta say, hold on, hold on. Before we move off, before we move off of Major League and get into other topics, yep. Did you understand at all Jay Stu's red zone joke? No, not at all. I'm, I think it might have been related to Red Circle, but he said red. It was so confusing to me, and so it was just written down. It had to be. It was like he, he was really proud to bring, to roll it out, and I didn't get it. No, no one, no one got it. No one remotely got it. Like no one. It could be unfunny, and you still get it. But it was both unfunny and ungettable. Yeah, I was just that. I think I just said nothing during that yeah. part, yeah. just to see how quickly we could move forward. Yeah, it was tough. We didn't we didn't linger on it. Okay, what were we gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say. We're not supposed to be surprised by anything these days, yeah. but I, I will say I, I was like genuinely or was am kind of in a funk over the the discourse over that fucking 17 year old kid crossing state lines with his mom and killing people to do a murder. Yeah. And I just school shootings are the worst and right. and are horrible but at least you get this feeble, well, we got to check mental health or something. But the fact that this guy is just being straight up defended, it yeah. bummed me out because like now we've reached the, you know, the point of going too far. You can, you could argue how gun policies should be carried out, but at least everybody agreed it was bad who the bad guy was in a school shooting. So I'm not saying school shooting, like just there's always, it's a clear bad guy when there's a school shooting here. I thought there was a clear bad guy and it would be explained away in, in certain ways of, of like, well, you know, he's mentally ill or something and he's being actively defended. And I, you know, I got a response from bots on, oh, yeah. on, on yeah. my thing. There's so many bots out there. But that bot response, you know, becomes a lot of people's defense. And it's it's I don't know. To me, of, of all the fucking things that have happened this decade um, or over the past decade, this is the thing that kind of just even surprised me that somehow he was getting defended by lots of people. And right. I, I mean, it just bummed me out because we've we've reached that point where now like murder isn't murder. murder like it's, it's 
it's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. I'm so like numb to it. I, I thought I was too. And this, for some reason, just put me in a funk. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, this guy's getting defended. Also, if your mom gives you a ride to do murder, then your mom needs to be charged also with murder. Yeah. She needs to go to jail. Hey mom, I'm going, I'm going to go cross state lines tonight to do some murders. Can you get, can you give me a lift? Sure, son. And you see her like a sad G.I. Jane looking. Oh, woman. no, I'm not surprised, yeah. though. Yeah. Of course. Dumpy, D, dumpy G.I. Jane, like all everybody in full fatigues and, and strapped ready yeah. to go. So, I mean, you know, you could say, well, he was raised to be this way. But yeah, but he committed a double homicide in another shooting. Um, it was just yeah. it was just a fucking bummer. Yeah. But yes. there was also a great story this week. It had been trickling out for, I don't know, at least a year, Jerry Falwell saga. We never really talked about it. Oh, I, I love I it. I think it's just the fucking best. I love like, it. How can you not love that? He's a cuckold. Yeah. And and this goes back to, I think it was last week, where I was saying, look, I, I'm not, I, I'm just happy I don't have weird fetishes. Yeah, I would hate that. Like it would turn me on to watch somebody bang my wife. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yes, the worst. <laughs> and, and like, it's just, it's hilarious because this fucking judgmental prick and his dad was one of the all time pieces of shit, and they've just been they've been, like almost like the gatekeepers of what is right and just and 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 to just be this guy and and look. People have weird fetishes, and that's fine. But you can't have any fetishes, any weird shit, when you are the most judgmental prick on earth. Um, I thought it would be kind of a relief to him that it came out that this was the situation because I've, when it, when it originally we're not we, done hearing about it. Well, probably not. But originally, you know, we heard that he bought this guy a gym, or not a gym, a hostel. Yeah. Like yeah, a couple years. Miami, which is, which yeah, is yeah. big time. So we're like, oh, he bought this guy a hostel because he likes to suck this guy's dick. I still think that we're going to oh, hear that. Oh, that story. could be involved. Maybe he's playing it off. Maybe they've coordinated. Yeah. I think this is the most palatable. Right. Thing. Like, okay, you caught me. This is the weird thing when. It's not the weird thing. Well, weird is sort of, you know, it's a word, but it's not the big thing. Right. And his defense is, well, I'm not a preacher, which is, yes, you're not. But you're you're the CEO of like one of the most morally like the um, most religious colleges in the country that has all kinds of crazy rules, honor code and all that. So it's fun. It's great. It's It's super fun. And I. I welcome the second leg of stories that'll leak out. I'm way into it. Um, a, a note of correction for the sports radio hosts of the world, because I heard it several times today. The NBA playoffs are going on. I'm barely paying attention. But there's two games tonight. And the the uh, proper grammar, guys, is games seven. Not game sevens. Games Seven is what we say, not games like, seven, like, game sevens, like, like attorneys general. Right. Exactly. Brothers in law. 
It's the thing. You you pluralize the thing that's happening. The thing that's happening is the games, not the sevens. Games <laughs> seven, not game sevens. If we could all get together. Learn it. Learn it. Know it. Know it. Uh, anything else we need to discuss? No, I think I think, I think that's... I think uh, we're pretty light on email today, but luckily, unless you want to know about all the people that want to sell me... I've already deleted them all. Lifestylepodcast.com. Um... But we do have some voicemails. Let's get into those. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring and worthless. But he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His faults are useless. Where's old ish? Okay, let's jump into these. Bright, bright, mix. Easy, Eduardo. T. Raj. Stewie. Okay. Does Does he know that they're not like? No. They were on last week. He's responding to them last week. Maybe we should have let people know, but it kind of came together late. So yeah, understandable. So this is why I love this damn show, the Baller Lifestyle. Oh, we love you too, man. It keeps on giving. That's right. Kind of like my voicemails. That's true. All right, so you let's say it out. This dude. Yeah. What I week. said yep. was, if Canard was getting more ads. Oh, see, we did. This is what we did last week. We had questions about his voicemail, and I announced to all of you guys. I think it was Travis that was asking those questions. I was like, guys. You need to stop you, asking Manuel questions because he's going to call next week and answer them. And here he is doing it. That's in a strip mall, which contains a nursing school, not a nursery, nursing school, nail shop, and uh, some other thing. The whole point was that said strip mall doesn't have to be a real place, Travis. And yes, nursing schools can be in anywhere from a strip mall. Travis, very... Didn't understand that nursing schools can exist outside of uh, brick-and-mortar four-year institutions or hospitals, yeah. A university campus. Go figure, huh? Yep. It's one of those crazy industries where training is available in many places. Okay, but I digress. That's for Back sure. to what Travis was having <laughs> a hard time yes. for. Mm-hmm. It was just a metaphor saying, like, if you got a nursing school, a nail shop, and that other place, again, it slips my mind. Then that means you've got all kinds of ass arriving to that place. That's right. A lot of pussy. A lot of good-looking pussy, That's usually. Right. Because uh, not a lot of fat nurses, if you think about it. But anyhow, again. Nurses, pretty hot, for the most part. And pretty crazy, in my experience. The number one nutty vocation. I know, I know some good nurses. I know. Oh no. I know lots of good nurses, but they're all just a little Damn bit crazy. Oh, oh, very. Yeah. That's there's the two. Here's the two. Here's the two craziest female dominated professions. Number one, nurse. 
Number two, hairstylist. Number three, teacher. Oh, I just thought of uh, a connection I have. Mike, I am related to a nurse who is uh, in delivery situations. Yeah, labor and delivery. Yeah, Max Scherzer, his wife. Yeah. And Max Scherzer, very generous with everyone involved. Really? Do you t- yeah. Do you tip? I, I apparently there were there were gifts. What gifts? Yeah, good dude. Wow, good dude. Wow. Not like, not like there was something crazy going on. Like, right. You know, a very on edge situation. Just awesome dude. Um, he's got the two different colored eyes. Yeah. Looks crazy as fuck. Yeah. Awesome pitcher. Yeah, he's a great pitcher. But uh, yeah, real good dude. Like yeah. uh, heartfelt, like letters to everyone involved. What? Yeah, like great dude. Really? So, is, is he a God Squad guy? Is no, it like have a blessed day type of thing? No, I don't think so. Oh, I, even I better. Mean, maybe he is. Maybe he is in other walks of life. Just awesome dude. Good to know. I like hearing yeah. that. That's it's fantastic. Good to hear that yeah. somebody's good dude. Is your um. Is your relative that's a nurse a little bit nuts? No. No? Yeah. I I mean, I I know of several, and one I definitely know is kind of nuts, but most that I know are very solid. Mm -hmm. This this one in particular is very solid. Very good at their jobs. I'm not saying that you don't – because – and this male nurses – I'm cool with male nurses – but I will say this high percentage of mercy killers amongst male nurses. Um, lots, when, lots of hot shots on the male nurses shift. I'm not, I, I'm not saying a man can't be a nurse. There's nothing wrong with a man being a nurse. It's a noble profession. Nothing wrong with that. You're, you're giving of yourself, but it just seems like, People that want to low key murder the elder elderly by over medicating them tend to gravitate towards that job, to, towards a job where they can be around el- elderly people that are easy to murder. And as we all know, murders almost always men. So male nurses yes. doing a lot yeah. of murders. That's all. Um, one thing I will say is uh, my one of my sons is born um, on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and I can tell you, I felt like the nurses that were on call for those couple of days wanted to murder me, my wife, and everybody involved. Everybody was like not happy to be on the job that day. I feel like they those get days. they get like double time for that. The nurses maybe w- well compensated. I mean, yeah, it was just a very different experience with the same hospital. I mean, slightly different situations, but still, yes. Uh, you just you felt a, a kind of a, a simmering anger that they're they, working on, on a holiday. They I saw an infographic recently and it was a chart of every day of the year and it had them them all ranked at for the most prevalent birthday day to the least. Hmm. And the number one least most Birthdays happen on what day? I don't know. Christmas Day. The lowest number, the the least popular birthday in this country, I think it was in this country, is Christmas Day. 
Because people won't schedule it. Probably. Yeah, probably try to avoid having it that day. But you know what's interesting? I was looking up for my son last year, like celebrities. Christmas is a good celebrity birthday day, and Christmas Eve is is garbage. Oh, interesting. Like there are a lot, like LeBron James, and like Mm -hmm. it's a very famous person birthday. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Second least popular birthday? New Year's? January 1st, yeah, New Year's Day. Hmm. I that forgot to be scheduled C-section. I forgot to look up as, as we know What's the most, uh, you know what the most is? It's like July. No, no, no. What is it? People getting down. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you're onto something there. You're onto oh, something. Oh, what? Valentine's day. It's, um, plus no, so like, nope. You're pretty close though. It's, um, so the, the, so it'll be December. Nope. Early December? Nope. The um the number one birthday, the m- number one most common birthday is September 12th, which would coincide with a lot of people fucking around the beginning of the year. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't look up which cuz you obviously have the best birthday 311, which is <laughs> th- Yeah. 311 day. Which is, of course, named you know, cool. for the, the greatest band in the history of music, 311, who does yeah, I just, rap. I just pipe, pipe the stereo. I just, everything, yeah. it's on a loop. Yeah. I, I just hear. Yeah, yes. Because one guy sings and the other guy raps and it's and it's reggae played by white guys. Because who doesn't, who doesn't want to hear reggae played by white guys from the Midwest? But it also has white guy rapping and... And then like a little bit of like poppy rock and roll involved. So it's like basically the best of all worlds, 311. And so I figure a lot of people are scheduling because these days women don't want to blow out their bits. So what they do is they schedule, especially here in Los Angeles, they schedule um, to have the baby surgically removed from their womb. And you can right. do that pretty much any day around the time it's, it's ripe to come out. So you figure if you're having a spring baby, I mean, they're like, Hey, why don't you come in on March 8th? We have time that day. And then you go, mm, how about we wait work for me? How about that's a Friday. How about we wait till after the weekend and we just do it on three eleven? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, pretty sweet. So I figured that I forgot to look at that one. I'll be honest, but I got to figure it's pretty high on the list. Okay, let's let's slog through the rest of Manuel talking about nursing schools. He's now explained whatever Travis was asking about. You can find attractive. He's but this is about canard. So is he saying there's lots of other? I I don't know. So we're going to have to let him explain. This is Travis's fault. Okay, here we go. I digress. It was just a metaphor saying. That if you're getting that much, you know, female companionship, then absolutely go on. However, now you guys touch something else right beyond what, you know, once I was done laughing with the Jim Jeffries thing and Scooby. What the fuck, dude? Using someone else's toothbrush is cool? No, 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 no. Personal Hygiene 101, you dope. You don't switch up toothbrushes with anybody. Okay, I I hate to say this. I'd forgotten about this. Manuel makes a very good point. 
First of all, uh, Jay Stu, Jay Stu started the show by making a joke that no one understood. Then he, then he uses <laughs> someone else's bit from a comedy special to make a metaphor in which he's oh, in, yeah. which he tried yeah, to justify. Comedy, yeah. yeah. That it's okay to use someone's toothbrush that you just met. That's insane. Yeah, that you just met. I mean, it's only happened a couple of times in the nearly quarter century I've been with Michelle. What we like went somewhere and I and I forgot a toothbrush or something like that. And it's like, can I use yours in a pinch? But somebody. I had already known for a decade that that happened. Of course. Like, yes. Come on. No, Susan said you met her that night. No. You know, you know, it can be on your gums. You know, it can be on some gums and it's and it's the bristles and the bristles scratch against the gums and they get under the gum line. No. What if what if she has an abscess or something in it? Like just something gross. Disgusting. Manuel's right here. (laughs) Yeah, your right. mom, man. Don't use other people's toothbrushes anytime, anywhere, any place. You can go to a 99 cent store and get like a four pack of new toothbrushes. You should never be without a toothbrush. <laughs> if you're a laboring blue collar person like myself, you should have your own toothbrush Agreed. in your lunchbox yep. and or at your office so that if and when you need to brush your teeth, you brush your teeth with your own damn toothbrush. And I love you, Jeffrey. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you what, man. That aborigine is out there on this one, man. That Aussie bastard is wrong. Aborigine. He's funny as hell, mm-hmm. but you never use someone else's toothbrush, damn it. And I'm yeah. passionate yeah. about he's that. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's right. Toothbrushes are for one person I wow! He maxed out the time. I mean, he was he was feeling it, and he was right. He's right. Uh, um, the the one thing that the the two uh, the lunchbox. Yeah. Why does he have a two? Like he'll brush after lunch. Yeah, that's a tough. So, so I always br- when I was in an office, mm-hmm. I had mouthwash, but I didn't brush teeth in the office. Um. Yes. So I do. I keep I have like a messenger, like a computer bag. And I do keep like certain I have like floss in there and I do have a toothbrush and toothpaste, but not like for everyday use. But in case there's something I got to do, go straight from work to the dentist or something or something Yeah, yeah. where See, I, but, an emergency but, but brush like needs to happen. Bathroom, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. So I don't want to brush my teeth in there. So I used to just have the mouthwash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you got to freshen up. That's okay. I also have like a standard overnight bag. <laughs> You're like, uh, what's his name in heat? You're ready to go. Right, go bag. Time. Yeah, I got, I got my go bag in case, in case Wangro rats me out. <laughs> I, got, I got a go bag and I keep like the full um, toiletry kit in there. So okay. I... I got my gold bond, gold bond powder for my balls, which I've made very clear. You never know when Wayne grow. Right. Wayne grow, Wayne grow could throw you under the bus and you got to fucking lamb it out to New Mexico or something. So I got the two, I got another toothbrush and toothpaste and floss and hair gel and like that kind of shit, just standard, ready to go 
in the old go bag. Uh, okay. Thanks for that, Manuel. Let's do another quick email voicemail here. Hey guys, Kyle and Scotty here. What's what the fuck Kyle is going on? Wow. Kyle and Scotty. Love him. Don't hear from him too often. What do we know about Kyle and Scotty? He lives. Well, he lives in Wisconsin. He's great. He drinks PBR. He's a farmer. He's great. He's an actual farmer. We were talking about farmers one time and we're like, Hey, if you're a farmer, call us up. And Kyle and Scotty called up and he's like, yeah, I'm a farmer. Unbelievable. How many farmers, you know, one. Um, Definitely my favorite. Good job. Well, I'm only halfway through the major league uh, um, uh, podcast here. Thanks for having T T Rod back on, by the way. Um, Hey, Bob Euchre is a fucking legend. He is fucking the best. Don't ever say anything bad about him. He free risks everything. Everything is nuts. I listen to all of his games. He's only doing home games nowadays because he's 80 fucking years old. He's at least that old. But, hey, that motherfucker there is better than Ben Scully. I will promise hold you Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What's, he makes it seem like we insulted we were, Bob Uecker in some way. We, are, we had different takes on different parts of the movie, but universally we talked about how Uecker was terrific it, and he, underrated. He's a treasure. He's, oh, yeah. And Kyle and Scotty's doing a thing and maybe I take this personally, but I but not just in, not just because I love Vince Scully. It's always weird to me when somebody has to praise somebody put down. Right. And, and has to do it in comparison to someone else. Like, why can't they both be great? They both are great. Like, no, one, no one's disrespecting Bob Euchre here. The guy's amazing. He's incredible. Yeah, I um, to Vince. Yeah. But, you know, I, I definitely watched it as a kid. But just in my mind, I know Mr. Belvedere was a bad show, but he was the, he was the good part of that show. Euchre. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, he would just he would just slam Mr. Belvedere, who I, was famous for sitting on his balls. Right. I know who the worst part of that show was, and that was Wesley. Wesley. Wesley was by far the worst. You know who wasn't the worst? The sister. Yeah, she was all right. She's all right. And also the old, I like that the older Kevin, brother, the older brother. What's that? Kevin, Kevin, the older brother, eventually became Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> as, was, around. as was the urban legend. <laughs> yeah, that somewhere in the in the uh, they had to pump. Uh, what's his name's uh, Broad Stewart. Stewart's stomach? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, Belvedere, Christopher Hewitt. He was a big Long song. Balls. Yeah, he was a big song and dance guy. But they they lost. Did he? He succumbed to the bug, didn't he? No. Oh, he didn't. You know who did? You know who did? Who? Sadly, Coleman from uh, Trading Places. Oh, that's too. That's too bad. And he was also Marcus in the Indiana Jones movies. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, Euchre was one of those guys. He did those. He was a funny ball player, and then he did those light beer commercials. He was amazing in them. And they're Jimmy like, Carson loved him. Yeah, he was on. He would come on Carson and they're like, hey, let's give this guy a, a sitcom. And you know what? It fucking worked. Wait, was he a guest star on a sitcom before? He had. I think be- it was like Johnny Carson back in the day was such a kingmaker. If you made people if you made Johnny laugh, they're like, OK, let's give him his own sitcom. 
I think that's right, what right. happened. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there was only three channels back then. If you got a little juice out of Johnny, it yeah. was fucking, it was happening. So, Kyle, we love him too. He's great. Yeah, we love him. All right. Okay, one more. Bex, it's your boy Ryan in La Jolla, a.k.a. Ryan in Laguna Beach. Oh, What's up, brother? Hey, brother. Hold on. Let's save this because I think this is about the movie we're about to do. We, di- we discussed the 80s classic trans-switching. Mm. What do you say here? But it's kind of a Mrs. Doubtfire right. type situation. She's the man. See, trans is more about your identity. Right. She was she was doing undercover work. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean tra- like transsex, but like transitive. Cross-dress? No. Yes, Cross-dress. not right. really. It's just a disguise movie, right? Uh, right. The uh, the general population. Right. Situation. Okay, we're talking about just one of the guys. I'm gonna play the trailer. Cherry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. Now, you know, the male body needs sex at all times. It's a living hell. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Cherry decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dashing. My zipper's open. That was the dashing part. What a fox. Dresses like Elvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. Today's woman has the freedom to be just as sick and perverted as us guys. She learned their secrets. I have surprise jock inspections three times a week. A word to the wise. And dated their women. Yeah, but I got this one rule. I never go out with girls who say bitch. It's a good rule. Now the question is... What's going on? Wait, it gets better. Can a girl tell the boy she loves... Terry's such a stallion. Go on, show me Harry Chet. She's not the man. He thinks she is? Wait a minute, are those what I think they are? Yep, it's one of a kind. The reveal. My bro. Just one of the guys. She's confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. Pretty classic 80s trope here. She wants, she's in high school. She wants to be a reporter. I'll just, here, I'll read the thing. Just One of the Guys is a 1985 American teen comedy film directed by Lisa Gottlieb, written by Dennis Feldman and Jeff Franklin. Uh, Although, according to Gottlieb, she also co-wrote the screenplay together with her new writing. I can't even say that guy's name, but then was supposedly denied writing credit by the producers. Well, they let her direct it. Uh, Just one of the guys is a loose adaptation of William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. The film ranked number 48 on Entertainment Weekly's list of 50 best high school movies. The plot, Terry Griffith is an aspiring teenage journalist in Phoenix who feels that her teachers don't take her articles seriously because of her good looks. After failing to get her dream job as a newspaper intern, she comes to the conclusion conclusion that it is because she is a girl. With her parents out of town on a two-week Caribbean vacation, this went on a lot in the 80s, by the way, just the fucking leaving of your high school kids in your big mansion. To start high, high school, I mean, yeah, that 
That's a lot, a lot of time, right? At the beginning of the school year. Two weeks, and this, um, we just watched Weird Science, and and uh, Wyatt was left home alone in his parents' mansion. That was also Jake Ryan's mansion, where he was left alone. True. In sixteen candles. There's no parents allowed in that house. There's no parents anywhere in the eighties. Um, Terry decides to remedy the situation enrolling at a rival high school. They kind of played it fast and loose with that one. I would say she enlists the help of her little brother, buddy, the buddy's in jail for sex crimes now, by the way, (laughs) and her best friend, Denise to disguise herself as a boy. Along the way, she meets Rick Morehouse, a nerd who becomes her pet project after helping him through an image makeover and encouraging him to start talking to girls Terry starts to fall for him. So I, this is a classic movie. I've never seen it the whole way through. I know and I've seen parts. I've obviously seen that one part. Yeah, I think this is only the second time I've seen it. Like I must have rented. I didn't see it in the theaters. Yeah. Um, Terry Griffith. I don't know why. I don't know that she. Well, let's look at what anything else she's ever been in. I, I looked her up. She was in Valley Girl. I don't know if it was a big part or not. Right. I did read in the footnotes. She dated Bruce Springsteen for a few years. Yes. Our, our buddy Thousand Steps on uh, on on uh, Twitter today alerted me to that. Um, uh, Joyce Heiser is her name. She is bodied up. She's more like yeah. Joycey the body. I mean, come on. I have, I have thoughts. She well, I mean, it's. I think she did an okay job, but I mean, there's a reason she was hired for this job, and and it's a couple scenes in particular because she is while she, um, does the she does an androgynous thing and dresses as a as a man for most of the movie. She is all woman. Um, she was also in This Is Spinal Tap. She must have been young. Yeah, the the Flash. Well, no, this because this is Spinal Tap is eighty four. This movie's eighty five. Really? She. So let's do a. Uh, how about we do a little. Joyce Heiser, the lead, Terry Griffith, and just one of the guys. So clearly no one in this movie was high school age, right? Ed? I mean, I didn't see. No, I, well, what the brother was the other than the brother. Cause he's the brother felt like he was like 16. Was he not also on silver spoons or he did something and he, he worked, he, he was on, worked. he was in a lot of stuff. Um, I, yeah, he, he got a lot of work in, random shit. Yeah. He was the best friend or this or that on yeah. sitcoms. He, he was around. So when this movie came out in 1985, about how old would you say Joyce Heiser, the star who it needs to be mentioned again, has had a very beautiful body. How old would you say she was? This was not a 
teenagers build that this woman had. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say she was 25. Yeah, pretty close. She was, I would guess, around there, like mid 20s, not far off. Born December 20, 1957. When this movie came out, she would have been 28 years old, playing a high school sophomore. Was she a senior? I don't know. She was in high school. Um, Yeah, I would assume a senior because it was about the prom and the end. Right. Yes. She switches high schools. Well, we'll get into it because there's one guy in this movie that's so fucking old. I deposit... First, yeah, the first, well, for me, when uh, she's going to school for the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The boyfriend. The boyfriend, Kevin. But he's not in high school. No, but he, he's supposed to be college. I mean, yeah. he looked like. Oh, yeah. He looked like a guy who was going to plan your 401k for you. Like, he was not. He was. He looked like he was 35. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, there was a lot of good, like, 80s fashion uh, in this and every it's weird how in 80s movies every guy looks like a total date rapist oh yeah like they all just have that kind of um james spader from pretty in pink look to him right right um, yeah, well, yeah. The, the 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 main guy the nerd who becomes the the interest guy yeah was he from i don't know he's been in things but he's he's the one i'm talking about so she goes to a different high school so she gets turned down for this scholarship because she's not a dude or for this internship in her journalism class they make it not very vague that first conversation she overhears the guys talking about the two teachers is problematic to say the least well one of the teachers should be in prison for sure he's like uh yeah he's like yeah i didn't give the i didn't give the internship to uh Terry and the other guys like who cares she's got a fucking rocking body I'd like to get those titties bouncing and the uh, and the other teachers like whoa buddy like hold on like he, even he was a little pushback even that guy was like pump the brakes but maybe she was a junior because they I think they said something about her being around another year oh maybe right we'll yeah another year yeah that makes sense um so she goes to a different high school and she just like cruises over and just like starts at a different high school. I feel like there's paperwork that needs yeah, to be completed. You need the parents involved, right? I remember it being a big deal that you had to show your vaccinations. Right. When you started at school. Like that's true. Yeah. She just cruised over there and was like, Hey, I'm a new student. I don't have a birth certificate. I don't, or maybe because she has an ambiguous name. Terry. Yeah. Maybe that I didn't mean, matter, was, but yeah, it was, yeah, they, they, they took some liberties and how about the first, actually the first, was it the first scene where they're having breakfast in the morning and yeah. the parents aren't there of course, yeah. and she's reading a newspaper like she's actually 28 years old. Yes. She's reading a newspaper and the brother has just got the Playboy centerfold pulled out all the way as he's eating cereal or something. He's so fucking horny. He's um, funny. He's, mean, he's, he's good. He's over the top, but he's actually, he's very good at Oh, it. you know what we remember him from? He what? was the buddy in Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Yeah. Mikey. An underrated show. Yes, he was also on Silver Spoons. 
Um, the eight. Oh, and that one nerd, Ari Gross, he was the buddy in Soul Man. Yes, he was the and um also wasn't he the guy? He was in a lot of stuff in the eighties. Ari Gross wasn't he the guy in um Campus Man? You remember really? that one? I, d- I know of it. I, I yeah. don't know. I think if he. I, even I think he, that's that would be a good one to do. Um. Yeah. The brother. The brother's pretty good. He's pretty funny. He, yeah. but he's so horny and he's like, um, Oh yeah. He's like grabbing that, grabbing the one girl by the legs. Yeah. He's as he's leaving like every line in every right. line he does in the movie is about how bad he wants to fuck. And also yeah. he wasn't that old cause he's born 69. No. So he was like 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, he's so horny that like Sam Malone would be like, Hey buddy, why don't you calm down a little bit? It's, it's, it's really a lot. He's, his his walls are plastered with, uh, centerfolds, centerfolds right? and it's like a lot of retro bush. And I just like the parents must've been super chill. These were like ex hippie parents oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, they're, they're leaving their high school kids for two weeks. Right. And also they have a very plush residence that, um, Terry's bedroom is like a, a master suite. It's got like a desk area and built-ins in the walls. And it's very, very nice. Uh, the dad must be some type of attorney or something. Uh, but, but she, this is where it's unrealistic because people, I mean, at least from my high school experience, somebody whose parents leave them for two weeks with a house that big, they're having a party. Oh, for sure. You're getting kegs. It, it, they never re- really had that. They didn't have like the Jake Ryan type party at their house. No, they didn't have. Yeah, that was like they had maybe a couple people over, but they never had. For sure, buddy. Any guy that's trying to, that hard to get ass is going to sure. be hosting something. I remember in high school, people would have parties when their parents weren't even going to be gone the whole night. Oh, yeah. They just be, be like ready to run. Right. They'd be like. Don't worry. My parents are going to be home at 11 (laughs) at 1130. So just we'll just keep it in the backyard. And when we when we see the garage opening, everybody go out the side. And it's like, (laughs) are you like you're fucking crazy? So, yeah, that was kind of unrealistic. But she goes to another school and and she hooks up. Well, there's two there's two things about the other school. First of all, there's a bully. At the at the new school that she goes to. And, and you're found the best. 80s yeah. Bully. Are you, I hope you're sitting down because you would never in a million years, if you haven't seen this movie, guess who plays the bully. It's William Zabka, Johnny Lawrence from karate kid. I gotta say as cliche as he was as a bully, he's great at he's it. Fucking good. He's, he's great at it. He's good looking. He's, handsome. he's got charisma. He's, he's the guy. I do like that. He's just like, he's like a fit guy or whatever, but there, uh, but the whole sort of storyline is like how much he works out. And he's like, if you can't get into the gym to squat, just fucking, um, j- just lift tables and dump everybody's lunch. It's like all, and he's wedgies. like, he's not like jacked, but <laughs> no, but he's giving the kid wedgies, but turning it into like, um, uh, like a deadlift. Yes. Right? He's, he's totally. Just- He's just got this nerd that he's doing. But he also says something like, um, yeah, I work I work out all the time. Like something like just like I jack off something like that. 
to the, yes. to the buddies. Yeah. Like, what? what? Yeah. That was a little weird. Um, but he's, he's just the same guy that he plays in every movie you've ever seen him in back to school. Of course, star turn in the karate kid, even European vacation, right? He plays the dickish Jack, right? He's, he's a real dickhead, but he's perfect at it. Um, and then she hooks, she like decides she like befriends this guy who's supposedly a nerd. And this is like, at least give him some glasses because the guy that's the guy that's supposed to be the nerd in this in this movie is not only beautiful, but he's a he's a man. <laughs> he really was. Like I, I was watching, I had to pause because I'm like, that dude has crow's feet. He had crow's feet <laughs> and laugh lines. Yeah, he was a man. Rick, he was a man. Rick Morehouse, portrayed by Clayton Roner. <clears throat> I won't play the music, but. He also was 28 years old. And he he looked like way older than 28 even. Yeah, he looked like she had early a 30s. Yeah. vibe about her. Yes. Her body wasn't a high school girl's, but she had a youthful vibe. He did not have a youthful vibe. He had a grown man vibe. No, he is and he's worked a lot. He still acts in things. X-Files. Uh, yeah. But he's got like a like a white beard, gray beard. I looked yeah. at it like, where are they now? Yeah. Um, he, looks, he looks well into his 60s kind of look. But he doesn't really play as a nerd. Like, she gets him to go. Well, there are also the Ari Gross, one of them. They've got those super nerds that are like. Right. Like, really disconcerting. They're supposed to be like. Movie nerds. Right. They're supposed to be like Trekkies. Yeah, but they're really. It's too much. It's a lot. It's over nerdness. But this guy, Rick Morehouse, he didn't, he doesn't really play as a nerd at all. And then they're like, they go to his house and they're drinking generic beer, which was totally a thing in the eighties. Yeah. They, could, they just couldn't get a sponsorship. Right. Why wouldn't every right. beer company want you, that? Yeah. You would think, um, and then it was his like called brewski or something. Yeah. Then his thing was, that his nerdy thing about him was that he liked James Brown. James Brown is fucking awesome. Like what's, right. what's nerdy about when that? Was he, when was James Brown? Not a cool thing. Right. Exactly. Like that was kind of weird, but so she's, she's playing a guy and how do we feel about her portrayal as a guy? Like, <laughs> nah, well, at first I just wanted to be like, she's, she's not passable at all. Although she's as much of a guy as Machio in Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. At she's one po- like Machio. At one point, they say she looks like the Karate Kid. Or like, right. that's brought she, up. She does. She, she's got that vibe to her. Right. And she she also kind of has like a little bit of a Corey Feldman yeah, her uh, the one thing that bothered me because I just noticed it early, her upper lip never moved while she talked. Oh, interesting. She's one of those. Yeah. Now, she obviously studied male performances to get to get her mannerisms. Well, and, her buddy teaches her about. Just right. really working over your balls in public, which is that, weird. That's weird because, yeah, because one of the things one of the things he's like, he's like, how, OK, how are you going to walk? And he's like, no, you can't walk like that. And then he's like, 
how, how are you going to do your ball scratch? And she's like, what? And he's, and he's like got a whole system for how to scratch his balls. And I don't feel like I scratch my balls very often at all. If I'm at all. I'm not going to say I, I don't do it, but I, if you do, it's not something you do in public. No, definitely. You do. I mean, if you've got to rearrange, you don't like he was making it a, like performance art. Like, this is how you really dig in there. He's like, all balls itch. It's a fact. Yeah, he had a real, like, style to scratching his balls, which is very disturbing. Also, he was fond of the um, cut-off jean jacket oh. over a long-sleeve sweatshirt look. Yeah, there was... There were odd layering. I thought you were saying he's fond. He was fond of the friend, which I thought she was. She was great, Denise. But she was she was a likable and normal kind of good friend. Yes, she put up with a lot of shit with her friend. She really did. And then she, the friend, ends up getting it in with one of the like forty plus year old band members. And by the way, I, in the Where Are They Now, the friend, at least what I saw, held up the best of the cast. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. very interesting. At least the picture I saw. Um, Tony Hudson. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, very attractive. Yes. She's a little she's bit. She's attractive. She actually seemed a little bit younger. I would guess yeah. she's three, four years younger. Yeah, right. Than- yeah. She's born 1960, so she would have been about 25 when this came out. And she's. She's um, still working today. Very active. Uh, What I was going to say about Terry's performance as a man is she was doing a Mike Damone impression the whole time. (laughs) That's true. She had this weird accent. Yeah. I mean, they'd be like, where are you from? This is not an Arizona At at one point, she's like, hey, rat. And I was like, whoa. What's going on here? Is this, are you actually. Whether she comes, stays, lays a prey. I thought they were. No matter what happened, your feet are still tapping. I, I thought they were actually related, but apparently not. Um, so she helps the guy do have a makeover, which isn't much of a makeover. No, she just basically gets him um, worse clothes. Like he dresses kind of normally, not like bad 80s fashion. And she's like, she's she's got a convertible Mustang. And she like takes him to the mall. He's like, I don't have any money because he's poor. And she's like, don't worry. I got plastic. Remember them calling it plastic? (laughs) Yeah. I got plastic. (laughs) Uh, I've got one more guy just to see my notes that also belongs in jail. How about the basketball slash bowling coach who loved jock surprise jock inspection or something? Okay. (laughs) There, There was a lot of like jock related humor in the eighties, like having to wear a jock strap. This guy's job put, put, um, itching powder in the jock strap, but he was inspecting, inspecting jock straps. There was a lot of weird, um, um, locker room action in this movie. And I wondered like, what was, what do you think Terry's plan was? Because she signed up for school and then, seemed to not really have any good ideas about what she was going to do in terms of changing for gym class. She, 
at one oh, point yeah, she it she seems like an said, extreme measure to, to yeah. change her gym class. Right. And she didn't didn't seem like she had really thought that out. Maybe when she signed up, she could have gotten herself excused forever from gym class, but she doesn't. And then there's a lot of showering and checking out of each other's dicks. I noticed at this school. And also, if you set off a fire alarm like she did so she could get dressed. Yeah. I mean, gym period is over. You don't fire alarms are not like a four minute thing. No, no. Everybody's standing around. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't do that. And then they go back to class. I think the, I think the passing periods in my high school were like six minutes. So that's like the amount of time you had to go and like change out your gym clothes or whatever. Like you didn't have much time. No, you didn't have much time. They had a lot of time. And then, they had plenty of time to take a shower after gym. And because the, the jock inspector bowling coach teacher was like, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to participate in gym, you're going to have to do another job. And her job was handing out towels. What, why did the towels need to be hand delivered to the people? Are there like, hooks? I mean, if right. What is going on? I mean, if if you if you go to the kind of high school that provides you a fucking towel for gym, like it's the Ritz Carlton, wouldn't they just be like stacked? You wouldn't actually yeah. need to be, have someone give you one. And she's really observing everybody's dong as they come out of the uh, of the right. shower. I mean, as as probably anyone would. Right, but it was. It would be hard for anybody to not think Terry was anything but a gay guy if, right? If, uh, right. Like everyone would be like, "Oh, you mean the gay guy who's like checking us out in the locker room?" Yes, yeah, that's true. He would have been. Uh, he would have been targeted because also he was, you know, he was a little femmy. Right. So in the eighties, today even you would people are okay with a lifestyle. Sure. But they'd still be like, hey, what's with the gay dude who's just like eyeballing my junk? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Yeah, it, it's it's it was a little weird. Um, Eventually. um, What else happened? Yo, Rick, how they hang. Oh, there was a lot of um weird dialogue. Well, but Buddy had a a, uh, a good moment with when he was studying with the the girl and she's like, I got to leave. And he was talking about something about how he could obviously about how he could bang her. And as she's like walking away and he's dragging along her ankles, he goes, would it help if I told you I was hung like a bear? Right. (laughs) Yes. So good. She's like, yes, he's really the high point of the movie. Um, Cher, Sherilyn Fenn is also in the movie and this is, uh, yeah, she's, she's into it. She's into Terry. Yeah, she's into Terry, and um, a young Brian Beckner was very into Sherilyn Fenn, and a, and an sure. a, and an adult Brian Beckner once ran into Sherilyn Fenn at a hotel bar. Interesting. And she was with a guy, so it was you know it was fine. But I felt like our. Um, planes of attractiveness were at she had she had aged to a level as had i that it would it wouldn't have been out of the question for me to just shoot a shot at Sherilyn fenn 
Right. I felt like I always yeah. I always wonder about where on the career arc. Right. Right. Like there are some people that the career arc it's never comes go down pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Helen Mirren. Right. It still works much longer. Right. For but some people. Yeah. Like I wonder about Terry from Three's Company. Oh, she's gettable. She was yeah. get, she was gettable in Mallrats. Right. But she was good. And I mean, good. Yeah. she was looking pretty good in Mallrats. She was looking very good, but she wasn't working consistently. So. She's available. She's available to be got. Um, oh, yeah. So eventually Rick has to stand up to Johnny Lawrence. And, you know, Johnny Lawrence is a pretty big bully. He's also affecting a very flamboyant 80s denim sleeveless jacket with a sweatshirt underneath. Yeah. With the, with the um, fitted elastic waist. And he's tormenting everybody at lunch. He's got a thing where he comes over to the table. And because he's so jacked, although really anybody could lift up a, a banquet table like they have in cafeterias, um, he like would meant to be light. Right. Exactly. They have to be moved. You know, you got to like if you're going to if they're going to have a dance or an assembly or something in that cafeteria, they got to move the tables out of the way. So, uh, but he's, his thing is like, he lifts up the table every day and dumps everybody's lunch. But finally this Rick guy stands up to him and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big turning point for the school. Although I will say Rick goes a little bit far because he outs Johnny Lawrence for having a small weenie. It's a matter of fact, I believe that's what he says. Small. He's yeah, like, it's not it, something you're supposed to do. It's really like the it just his behavior hadn't merited that kind of outing he he was definitely a bad guy but you have to you know manslaughter somebody you have to you have to do something really horrible to be outed in front of the whole school for having a small dick um i think that was just a little bit too far for Rick to go. But then that makes, that makes Rick kind of a big man on campus. And then he ends up taking Johnny Lawrence's girlfriend to the prom, which Terry gets a little bit jealous because even though he thinks she's a dude, um, she's smitten. She realizes she's not into her Mr. Wonderful college boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, she's now Rick into is, Rick. Yeah. Rick is, uh, I mean, he's pretty nice with yes. Terry. He is. I mean, it's clear that Terry is a gay guy who's into him. Right. That, that would seem and like the how it read, yes. I'm just saying, if you yeah. thought he was a guy, like he was, yeah, he was giving off a vibe that he was a gay guy. And Rick was like, for 1985, he was very cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, even at the prom, they were doing some weird dance together. Yeah, there was... There was a lot of weird dancing going on. This happened a lot in 80s movies. There were a lot of dance scenes in movies, and people were really going for it. And as I but recall... Like, it lasted a long time. Not like five seconds to give you the, the idea of what was happening. Like two minutes of them dancing. Yeah, and it was like everybody had moves. Like, yeah. Like they kind of knew what they were doing in terms... Like it looked like they danced often or had like studied dance. It was a lot to... It was a lot to take in. Um, what I notice is that one of the, I think it's Denise at one point 
she's there while while Denise goes with Terry. She goes with Terry and she's there while Terry's getting ready for something. I think it's when she's supposed to go on a date and she looks super hot in that leather, white leather suit. Yeah, yeah. Um and Denise has a sweatshirt with the neck cut out, which was every sweat sweatshirt in the eighties. Do you think there's like a landfill somewhere that's just full, com- just completely filled? It's like a whole canyon somewhere filled with nineteen eighties sweater necks. Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like that Seinfeld episode with the uh, muffin bottoms. <laughs> yes, nobody nobody eats the bottoms. You can't eat the home. You can't even give them to the homeless. Yeah, they don't want them. um yeah so they go to the prom and the the band is just overtly trying to fuck all the high school girls it's really kind of off-putting and i guess that's why they cast adults in these jobs in the 80s so it wouldn't seem weird that they were like doing sexual stuff i I, I don't know i gotta say i don't think that's so unrealistic. I mean, you've yes. you've been to a wedding where the band is sure. Re- I mean, it's not high school right. kids, but the band is pursuing when they're on their break. They're pursuing how they can line things up. Oh, I um, at my first wedding, there was a band, and they were like a pretty popular, like local band that played a lot of bars and stuff, and they're still popular today. They still play around. Yeah. And I know for sure that the bass player had a, had a great night that night, not with the <laughs> bridesmaid, but with a, with a friend of the bride. Nice. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that wasn't a surprise. Um, and then they, they have a fight like every, it's just ends like every other high school movie. But it was, it was weird that the, the problem with this was they already had, the lunch, the cafeteria scene. Right. And then they have another fight. Well, yeah, because and he's like, um, Johnny Lawrence is like, you're dead. Like he mouths it. But it's like you've had you could have done that. All he did was get everybody to dump their lunch on your pants that day. I mean, you could have grabbed him and throttled him there. But it was of kind of I mean, Johnny Lawrence was being cucked at that point because Rick, yeah, he's just staring at Rick. Right. Going at his, Rick's his, Rick's girl, Deborah is fucking way or Johnny's girl. Deborah's way into Rick now. And Johnny with his tiny ass dick is having a hard time with it as would anyone. So eventually they brawl and the, the fight scene is not what I would call super realistic. There's, when the actual actors are supposed to be fighting, the the punches are missing by a, a great many inches. It, Johnny doesn't have his karate fighting skills. No. And then when when it was like a wide shot, it was obvious stuntmen in bleach blonde wigs, like being thrown into tables and stuff. <laughs> when they go over the railing, it's yeah. totally yeah. like the stuntman. It yeah. doesn't even look remotely right. like him. Um. Yeah, like put on a tuxedo and nobody will know. Yes, it was weird. And then so she um, Terry's gets Rick alone and she's like, look, I got something to tell you. I'm a girl. And he says, "Uh, yeah, and I'm Cindy Loper. Like he's Lauper, Lauper. Like he really he really mispronounces it, though. You're like, buddy, 
Have you been alive in the 80s? Yeah, she's, it's 1985. Every fucking person on earth knows who she is. She's on MTV every fucking five minutes. Like, she's hanging out with Lou Albano. Like, everybody right. knows. Yeah, who, I'm Cindy Lauper. Who, everyone knows who Cindy Lauper is. It was very <laughs> weird. But now, the, the lengths that Terry has to go to to prove her womanhood are strange to me because... I feel like it would be like it would just be easier. She could just talk in her regular voice. Like if you Right, she could just stop talking like Damone. Right. It was it wouldn't be like too hard to prove because she does kind of look like a chick anyway. And then once she said it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I saw it. And you notice there's no Adam's apple. And, right. And I'm feeling it's not right. yeah, it's not hard. It, but, but this was a very 80s movie thing. They're like, well, we'll never sell this yeah, uh, yep. picture overseas unless, yeah. unless she shows the goods. And so she exposes, and this is a very famous scene. I'm sure most people of a certain age have seen it. She exposes a, a, a very robust pair of very beautiful natural breasts that I would put maybe obviously not as iconic as the Phoebe Cates living in stereo um, I got a little water in my ear scene. Yeah. But I, anybody fucking knock. I, I would put it one B in terms of 1980s exposed breasts. One a one B. Uh, and that's, and that's how he knows. Um, buddy. Oh, buddy ends up tagging Sherilyn Finn. She goes, she goes back yeah, home later buddy. that night. And also, you remember like it was you always like had to keep it a secret when you if you had sex with somebody when you're younger, like it wasn't like you couldn't let it get around. But he's yeah. like she walks in and he's like, she's like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, oh, I just been wearing it out. I fucking had her in every position. I'm just like <laughs> he was he was not um, Cyrano de Bergerac there. He's or no. Sir Walter Raleigh. No, he was he was just vomiting out words. Right. Um, so. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? They, uh, every, well, she, how about when, when she, yeah. she, he first rejects her when she shows the goods and yeah. then she like goes up to him and kisses him and they're both in tuxedos. And then he says to everybody, oh, it's all right. She's got tits. <laughs> yeah. That was a little weird. That was, like, what? that was a little, cause they all think she's a dude. Yeah, doesn't he say? Yeah, oh, she has tits. She has tits, which is which is just a weird what? explanation. Like you could be like, she's actually a girl, <laughs> right? It's okay, everybody. Although it's I did it. like that it was you know in 1985, like the whole gay. He's like, it's okay, you're gay. Who cares? Like, right? 1985. He was he was cool with he, it. Yeah, but it got weird. That um, that was pretty progressive. You know what I liked in the. There was a lot of like very 80s things, including in amongst the all the retro bush porn on the walls of Buddy's room. He had a no bozo sticker. <laughs> I forgot about the no. Bozos. I forgot about no bozos. And I realized today. So if you're not a child of the 80s, you don't know this. It's a picture of Bozo the Clown. It's like a cartoon drawing of Bozo the Clown with... And this is circle slash. Yeah, with circle slash, and then next to it, it says, no bozos, exclamation point. And I'll be honest, never really understood it. 
No, definitely not. But it was so it was everywhere. It was so. like on everybody's bumper. It was on everything. It was like it was such a big boards. You yes. bought it on skateboards. Yes. And it was like, what does that mean? And I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. Although I've I've tried to bring the word back in my world. I, I don't be I've such called, a bozo. Well, I've called the president a bozo a right. couple times. That's good. I like that. Kind of a fun word. Yeah, no, it's a great word. I love it. I'll use it, but I don't really get the the meme. No, people, people did not like clowns, right? Yeah, they didn't want they didn't want you acting like a jackass, right? So don't be a bozo, right? But they wouldn't say no jackass. They say no bozos, right? No bozos around here. No bozos allowed. <laughs> let's play. Let's let's finish Ryan and La Jolla's uh, voicemail and see what his thoughts okay. are on just one of the guys. Uh, wanted to leave a quick voicemail on the movie. Uh, I think I, I was born in 78, so I was like seven or eight when that movie came out. Just one of the guys. Great set of tits on Joyce. Got to agree. Thumbs up to that. Got to agree with you there, Ryan and La Jolla. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Probably one of the first. And also, I mean, hold on. Let's not let's not reduce Joyce to just a set of tits because there's also a pool scene where she's wearing a bikini and the whole body is just beautiful. She's very, very stacked top to bottom. So let's not just, yeah. let's not reduce her to only her breasts, but, but her, her upper lip never moves. She, she's, I wouldn't say the most beautiful, but um, I mean, nice body. As I can actually remember seeing uh, so fantastic cans on that one. Never miss anything with uh, Billy Zabka or Billy Jacoby. Malcolm in the middle. Yep. He was excellent in that uh, TV show. Uh, and then my favorite part of the whole film, whose mom and dad let them put Playboys up all over their It's crazy. Bedroom. It's I crazy. That was literally one of the coolest things. It's and crazy. As somebody who grew up in a household with a dad who had a subscription to Playboy, I admired that even more. So awesome film. You're the best. Love the podcast. Uh, we're way overdue for golf, drinks, dinner, whatever you want to do. My treat. Just say when. Uh, wow. And Say hi to your new lady friend for me. Talk to you later. Wow. Wow. Now I know why he only addressed it to Brian. It wasn't, had nothing to do with me. talking about dinner. I mean, Ryan in La Jolla is putting stuff on Front Street there, buddy. Um, Appreciate that. uh, What was he going to say? Oh, the most I got away with, I had the. I think I had the L McPherson calendar. Oh yeah, the body. You talk about the body. I had one a couple years. I had the Sports Illustrated swimsuit calendar. Oh yeah. And one year I had just twelve pictures of L McPherson, oh, but that was it. Yeah. I, I uh, Playboy's everywhere. That's no. crazy. Well, I had a secret stash. I would no, but I'm talking about yeah. on your wall. Like, oh buddy. yeah, no. I would have like the car posters or like um, Heather Thomas. You know, sports posters. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I definitely had like a chick like on a Lamborghini at one point or like, I don't know, like band, po- you know, like they, you get like a Motley Crue poster and it'd have some hot chicks in it. I'd have that. Um, some of the stuff. Oh, this I noticed in the boys restroom at the high school, there's graffiti on a stall that reads Lisa plus Joyce are sluts. <laughs> An in joke referring to Joyce Heiser and director 
Lisa Gottlieb. Yeah, I had that in my notes. I thought that was <laughs> some pretty good graffiti. Um, Clayton Rohner's Rick character is obsessed with James Brown. Before the prom scene was shot, Brown spent three days on the set teaching Rohner his dance. No wonder they're so good at dancing. Wow. He got taught by James Brown? He he got he got a. I mean, they paid for James Brown to give him lessons. That's James, crazy. James Brown doesn't doesn't walk the str- walk across the street unless you got a stack of cash for him. That's for sure. Yeah, and probably he was having. You know what? He was yeah. having tax problems yeah, at was. the time, so so I'm sure they were able to work something. I, I believe out. he was also having cocaine problems at the and, time. So and violence against oh, women right, problems. Right, and well, but it was actually. I think it was 84 or 85 when I met James Brown, my most famous celebrity encounter. That's and that's anybody's most famous celebrity encounter was was it not in an elevator? It was in an elevator. Yeah. The same day I was in an elevator with Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Wow. Amazing. It was in Orlando. <laughs> we were at we were going to Disney. Wow. And it was in Orlando or maybe it was like Jacksonville. It was like in that in that same trip. But James Brown, my dad's like, uh, my dad, you know, like leans over to me and he goes, it's James Brown. And I, I knew because of, uh, living in America. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, Rocky four, I, I guess, I guess I knew him anyway, but that yeah. was, it was big at that time. And he goes, that's James Brown. And I look around and I wasn't like slick about it. Cause I was like, I don't know, nine or whatever I was. And, uh, he looked at me and he, he, he looked like he was glistening. Like, you know, yeah, he's a little sweaty, and, a little yeah, wet. And he just like must up my hair and he goes, God bless. Amazing. Like, real loud. Amazing. Screamed in the elevator. Amazing. In his wig. No, that's, I, I, I'll never have a celebrity encounter. No, like that. it's not. He's one of the I most famous Jay-Z, people. And Jay-Z would, would turn around for James Brown. Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, as seen in her room, Terry has a few Bruce Springsteen posters. At the time of filming, Heiser had already been dating Springsteen for several years. Um, I bet he has fond memories of that. Um, let's see. Oh, the generic blue stripe beer cans during the campfire scene were real products in the 80s. I remember seeing these at the store. Popular for their low cost during their... Sl- during the sluggish national economy and for young people looking for the cheapest possible buzz. These generic products were a subject of satire in the eighties movie repo man, which has led many modern viewers to think they had no basis in reality. No, there was that blue generic label, everything beer cigarettes. There were, it was just a white pack of cigarettes with a blue stripe on them that said cigarettes. There was like crackers, like every, there was one of those of every kind of thing at the store generic yeah. brands and it was like it was a really harsh looking label yeah it really was and also like how much cheaper is generic beer than like Meisterbrow? i bet you Meisterbrow was cheaper than the generic brand <laughs> that's funny uh, i didn't think about it yeah, yeah you can't you can't get much cheaper no than, than like Meisterbrow or or you know natty yeah uh, like that. The plot of this film is very loosely based on William Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night. Terry Griffith is the Viola Cesario character. Rick Morehouse is the Orsino character. Sandy they shouldn't. Sh- they definitely didn't have the reveal scene because in Shakespeare's day, men played the women parts. That's right. And also, um, 
a hundred percent, this movie is a thousand times better than the Shakespeare thing, because let's be honest, all Shakespeare's dog shit. Like if you don't even pretend like you can understand that bullshit, cause no one can. It's tough to understand, but the fact that they still used a framework for a lot of his stories hey, is whatever. pretty fucking. Yeah, that is kind of, yeah, no, I agree. Um, Sandy mentions that Terry looks like the karate kid. William Zabka playing school bully. Greg appeared as the bully in the karate kid only one year before. Which is crazy that it was already like a cultural reference. It was huge, though. Yes, that's true. Um, the song Tonight Your Mind, Baby, sung by Ronnie Spector, plays in the final scene when Rick drives away with Terry in her car. The song first plays when Der- Terry drives Rick home from school after she befriended him in the cafeteria. It's the only scenes both are in a car together. Interesting. Um, Joyce Heiser had to wrap her torso with ace bandages under her wardrobe when she played the male version of Terry to flatten her bosom, her ample bosom. She said it was tremendously uncomfortable in the 90 degree desert heat while filming. Yeah, I think that's also what they do for guys so they don't get boners and love scenes and stuff. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they get the, the ace bandages and really wrap the uh groin area yeah or they i think they just have like super tight like undies like special like dickless underwear so you don't embarrass yourself that would be pretty embarrassing um joyce heiser this is her only top billing you know she came and went Spectacular performance, though. Final cinema movie directed by director Lisa Gottlieb for around a decade until Across the Moon. Never heard of it. Yeah, I think I think this was the last for lots. Yeah, Ari uh, Gross probably got the most work. Out yeah, of yeah, and well, and Buddy. Oh, and who's and a, Buddy? Right. Who apparently was also on Malcolm in the Middle. He is a he is a very full um, IMDb page. Uh, I, I liked it. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't seen it before. It's just like a quintessential eighties movie. Yeah. And oh, it's like not pleasantly surprised. It's not too problematic. Like you expect it to be like way over the top with the whole gender bending aspect of it. And even the, like when he's like, Oh, you're gay. Who cares? Part of it. Like it's, it plays today just like it did back then. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's fine in the beginning a little bit, but, but I think that was played for the effect that it had. Like they were supposed right. to be problematic. A jock inspecting bowling. A little weird. Best. Yeah. That probably, but, but overall I'm nitpicking here. It, yeah. No, I agree. It's solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Let's, uh, next week we'll do fast five. Anything else to add Ed? Oh, well, Jesus Christ, Ed. We almost oh. did it again. Who's that loud cover? Coming all over. Oh, I. I mean, I've all noticed all the the noise at the end. Oh, oh yeah, he does a lot of grunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does loud coming in. A loud coming effect in the song. Uh, I feel like we're both going to be on the same page here. I'll let you go first. Ed, who's the who's the obvious loud comer in just one of the guys? I think it's Buddy. It's got to be Buddy. He's he's I mean, so he's, pent up. He's put so much into this thing. 
I I feel like he might shoot it through her back, Superman style. Yeah, like he need a kryptonite uh, condom. Like in uh, scary movie, yeah. when she finally gives up the goods and he pastes her to the ceiling. Yes, I mean my <laughs> man is so fucking horny. It's ridiculous. He he ha- would have to come very loudly. I couldn't imagine anyone in this movie coming nearly as loud as Buddy. Buddy's definitely the loud comer. Uh, okay, for Ed Daly, my name's Brian Beckner. This has been episode 336 of the Ball Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and a man, Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Not just my brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.